0: Today's office, I In Vav. We're in the middle of I campaign with Beth. We're dealing with, um, still in the middle of discussions around the month. Um, and um, we pick up where it says, um, uh, yeah. where are they? Khatib, um, um, right. It is about ten lines down in the wide line, right by the half parentheses with the circle, towards the beginning of the line. Khatib. Um, and the uh, layer of dew rose up in the morning. Uh, the layer of dew would fall on the towel. So uh, I'm sorry, when, and when the and when the towel would fall down, uh, Excuse me, when the towel would fall down, yereid haman Allah. So was the man on the towel, or was the towel on the man? So. Yes, the dew was below and above and below. It was like you got your bread in a package. The, the man came packaged with dew above and below. So it was very nicely. It isn't just about the food, it's also how it's presented. It smells. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> like a uh, like a horse frost is normally thin mean? like hoarfrost. froth thin frost? I don't know nobody knows, nobody knows. it's horse froth I'm lucky okay anyway go ask people who wrote uh, King James I'm very lucky so they're also trying to figure out what means so they read it as a mnemonic, nimowach, that's mechuz, and pas on the hand. So it's something that would dissolve on the hand. Melted your hand on your hand. So I don't know. Yeah, well, let it melt, exactly. <laughs> Good point. So I don't know. Did it mean that the, uh, that the, that the man dissolved? Uh, how do you, how would you eat it? I don't know. Rabbioron no mardova but maybe it means it got absorbed well, easily into the body, which is going to be the next point. Rabbioron no mardova shenivla, so something that gets absorbed into your 248 limbs, meaning the, the, the man, you know, got well, well digested. And we're going to see even in a minute there was no excrement that came from it. It was totally, you know, absorbed by the body. Now, the fact that he points out 248, you know, why I specifically mention the number, indicates the gematria and mechus pas, if you look at it, right? The psalm, two psalmachs is 120, the pet is 80 that's 200 and the Mem and the Chet get you 48 the only problem is there's an extra Va so the Gemara says I'm sorry so the Gemara says one minute is too much it doesn't come out to 248 Remember, of Nachman by it's written without the vav. Michael is going to go check. I didn't double check. Okay, whether it actually is written without the vav or not. All right. So now that, you said that. Now that I checked, Tanur <laughs> We taught. Uh, now we're going to continue with this idea. Lechem Ei Abirim, Echol Ish there's a part of the par- that is talking about the man and it says the bread of straw of the strong ones, the f- food of a man the so, yeah. wonder bread <laughs> so what does that the strong ones it means the angels that's what Rabbi Akiva said when they told him to what where Rabbi Akiva was saying, "Amolah," he said to the students, Akiva." Go say to Akiva, "Akiva, Taita, Akiva, you made a mistake." The angels eat bread, even Moshe Rabbeinu didn't eat bread when he was up, and certainly not up on Certainly not the angel So what does it mean, the strong ones? Like we said before, it gets absorbed into the 248 limbs. Now, actually, Abirim is pretty close, and Avarim is pretty close to 248 right, right there. It's 253, so I don't know. You're off by five. I don't think you're allowed that in Gematria but it's interesting that even that is pretty close in the number. Okay. so, Elamani means. What, what does Rabbi Akiva mean, really? It like means sort of angels? Like it means I don't know. I'm, I'm wondering if, I haven't, freaked, I haven't worked it out, but I'm wondering if this is tied into the classic Rabbi Yishmael, Rabbi Akiva, where, you know, Rabbi Yishmael is Zibatar Koloshimene Adam, and Rabbi Akiva, every single letter, you know, every single kutso, yeah, so Yod is yeah. significant. So somehow he's trying to bridge more heaven and earth, Rabbi Akiva so the eating of the man could be like eating of angels I don't know what it means eating of angels okay. but trying to trying to bridge more you know what God has given us to actually you know to the be that to that much closer that. that much closer to the yeah, heavenly the experience dimension to it right you when know, the angels you know get their sustenance from right so, uh, so that's a good point too that you know spiritually sustaining and not just physically sustaining I mean you know I not mean, this whole thing you don't want to for says that uh, you know he says there's the two dimensions there's lechem but minah shamay right so there's a, the physical aspect and then there's a, the there's spiritual a aspect and he says that uh, like Amar then the very more of Omer but no, Marbaram is the spiritual dimension for those that gained a greater spiritual. Uh-huh. No, the physical is all the same. physical for everybody. Okay, very nice. All right, I'm not trying sure to buy that as a shot, but it's a very nice point, and I do think you're right to say that that is part of what Rebbe Akiva is saying here: is that there's a sense of spiritual sustenance, and I think that's a powerful metaphor. Meaning, as opposed to what we were talking about before, that like because of the man, you depend on God, and therefore it leads to you know leads to greater recognition. To think about it in almost more. You know you know more um, physical terms or more concrete terms as a sense of spiritual sustenance, so I think that 's a very powerful point, and I do think that that ties into Cuba so thank you for that um, okay. So the Gemara says, "Elamani uh, If the man got absorbed and there was no waste product of the man, what do you do with the fact that the Torah seems to recognize that there was waste product? You have to have for yourself a, 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 a like a, a peg, a something to dig, a shovel to go and dig an outhouse when you and leave the camp and we have to defecate. So how do you? Where, where did that come from? So, uh, that wasn't from the man. That was from stuff they bought from when they, you know, stopped in villages or whatever, in oases, and they bought things from the, uh, from the non-Jews. Of course, why do they have to buy other food if they had man? Well, we already learned before, the man might have tasted like anything, but it didn't look like anything. It didn't feel like anything. and They still wanted other types of nice things. They wanted right. They yeah. complained about them. Then they complained about the man. It's the yeah. same yeah. thing, day after things day. Things. Exactly. Okay, brought to Omer, You know what? The man was so magical that even the things that they brought from the other nations, the man would sort of abate their, uh, you know, um, their, uh, their, their waste element. And the man would, so the man would would be a corrective and therefore there would still be no waste that would come from those things. What does it mean to have a shovel? After they sinned, okay, meaning when they called it, says says, the cursed bread, you're calling it the cursed bread it's no longer no longer going to have its magical property or said it was for the alright yeah. I don't know people have probably said the same thing anyway he's making a point here which is, is that they had this so amazing you know magical mun and because of they weren't satisfied in their complaints it, it you know it changed and it became and it and it you know and it, and it fell down from its level Amar um, Kodes Baruch Hu and if that point wasn't clear God says I said you interesting right although this is the Rebbe critique of Rebbe Akiva that the angels don't eat bread now we're re-evoking that, that image I said you would be like the angels and you had this man that got absorbed into your limbs now the man is going to lead to waste products you're going to have to defecate and you're going to have to walk three of three parsings which is 12 meal like 12 kilometers you'll have to leave the camp in order to go to the bathroom yeah, so cool. to see we'll see they camped by the Jordan from Beit Yishimot to Shitim. I saw that place Beit HaYishimot and HaVel Hashitim. the Havre plus the parsing was three parsings so we see that the camp was three parsings long and if you had to leave the camp to go to the bathroom and you were at one end of the camp now why couldn't you go to the closest side maybe you know from any point in the camp it should only be one and a half parsing so Mark says no when they had to go and relieve themselves they couldn't go front or the sides of the camp because you know off to the sides or from the front because the Anan might go in that direction and then they'd be go going over the outhouses they had to go the, to the back of the camp the place they came from because the one thing they knew somehow was that they would not be directly retracing their steps so if you had to go to the back of the camp outside the camp from the back exit and you were way in the front you might have to travel a whole three parsecs. I tell you all yeah. the miracles we've learned I buy every single one of the fine this no problem? way they're going to make it after you walk such a <laughs> <laughs> not a chance alright and that, Nachining is a shot. Now we're going back to them complaining. Now our soul is dried up. Ain't called. There's nothing got. You'll All you get is none. It was such a great rush on their pockets. Man this man barber right, in the morning. Why you doing money dick? So ain't called. So anyway, I see said so what was their complaint? Their complaint was Husky Montez to pach pe me am. So they, they couldn't accept the miraculous aspects of the man. They said, it's going to, in the end, blow up. We're eating and eating and eating. We're not defecating. Something's going to happen to us. Is there anybody who's, you know, a child of a woman? Meaning, is there any human being who can eat without having to go to the bathroom? so therefore you know maybe that's a sense of like dried up it's shriveling us up inside anyway they were so they reacted it wasn't just they com- you know they complained they couldn't even accept its miraculous qualities now when the words were said to Rebbe Ishmael it's funny because before we said nemu Rebbe Ishmael so Amr so it seems a little bizarre, it seems like we're repeating yeah, know. No, it's not clear, it seems like we're repeating what we said before. Amr Ella This is another version. Basically it's repeating his response, but now going back, what does it mean that they had to go to the bathroom? So before we said now it's saying Bizvarim means Things that came from overseas, which is bizarre. Overseas, I, I don't get, so get that. it. Right. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Anyway. Fine. That's what explanation. A type of a spiritual existence, even according to Rabbi Yishmael, And then they couldn't accept being at that level, or they just stum complained and they were never satisfied, and then they fell down from that level. Sober <laughs> Abirim Echol Ish. <laughs> there. Yoshua. So Ish is Yoshua he had an equal amount of man equal to the entire Jewish people <laughs> Every, uh, thank you Michael it says here so Raji says actually translates this very literally and it means that everybody got one Omer and in front of Yeshua's door and what he brought into his house was you know two million Omers I don't exactly know how he fit it all in and what he did with all of it, but that's what he says, he got an equivalent amount, now obviously it's supposed to be indicating that, you know, like the, the, the leader is Kenaget Kohador, and on him is the responsibility, and he represents the entire generation, um, it seems to be the point here, although interesting focusing on Yehoshua, who is yet to take the the mantle of leadership, okay, um, so the Gemara says, the aim Moshe, how about Moshe, that would at least uh, make more sense, dechfiva, ish Moshe anav so ish Moshe, zanim ish, me ish, okay, it's not the exact same word fine so again, I don't know exactly what to do with that point about Yeshua the students ask Rabbi Shem Bar Yochai um, why do they have to go out every single day wouldn't it have been a lot easier once a year and then you take it in and you store it up of course that's the point of the puzzle but okay which is you know that every day you depend on god let's see what his answer is let me give you an uh, you know an analogy um um, what's it similar to? A king has one son, if he writes him out a check for all of the food for the year deposits money in a bank account for him to pay for him for the year right um, so what happens you know pays the college the food you know the uh puts him on the meal plan for the year so i'm so he'd only call home and write home once a year when he needed him to pay next year's tuition and pay the next year's uh food you know food bills. so um uh th- if every day he had to give a daily allowance for him to go ahead and get uh, and get his food, so so every day he would have to come home and he would have to uh, greet his father and show respect to his father in order to get the next day's allowance. So by the Jewish people, somebody had four or five children. He would be anxious. He would be worried, and he would say, "Maybe the man won't come tomorrow." and every day, and any day they would die in hunger so every day they would know they depended on God and every day they'd have to be focused on their connection to God and their worship of God and their proper behavior because they were that center of uncertainty and therefore that's what that's the importance of the man, which is really of the Psukim, right? You know, the Psukim say you know, Laman you know, and what is it? No, but but the public says, <laughs> right, about the dependency on God, you know, seems to be a very major part of the theme, you know. Now the other interesting thing though here that the Gemara is a little bit you know I don't know uh, because one of the things that you could you know the Gemara did a a, a subtle shift because it is true that I think the simple sense of the pasuk, the Paso is that sense of daily dependency but I think a major theme of the pasuk is to develop a sense of faith and trust Meaning, it leads to a point where you have faith in God and you trust that God will bring down the money on a daily basis, which seems to see seems to be the point of Shabbat, of Arab Shabbat, right? The people that go out and they gather on Shabbat, the problem is not just that they're violating Shabbat. The problem is is that you have to have faith that you will that you know that you'll that'll be okay, that there won't be money on Shabbat and it will still be okay, right? And the same is you have to have faith not to collect extra and to have that faith that God will bring it. You know, you want to store up. I mean, that idea of not showing up is exactly what's going on here. But I think you can just frame it in two ways. One idea is getting you to a place where you have the faith in God and you have that, you're have sort of, sort of, you not anxious on a daily basis. You actually are good on a daily basis because you develop that sense of trust and faith. The other sense here is that, no, every day you will be anxious because you won't have that, that confidence, but that will lead you to be, more, to be more, you know, attentive to how you act and to focus more on your worship of God. So... They're related, but I think there's a significant difference. You know, what type of sort of religious mentality are we working for? Are we working to keep somebody nervous? And the more I can keep you nervous and concerned, you're, the more you're going to be in line. Or are we working for a sense of developing a sense of you know of of, of uh, confidence and faith in God? And that's like, and, and that's the relationship that we're looking for. So I think there's an interesting shift here from what I would have thought would have been the emphasis of the psukim. Yes. Do you think they have four or five children. Right, although you know, I I don't know about that. There's not like I have so many mouths to feed. Like if it's just me, I'll get by for a day or two. You know, yeah, it, but uh, yeah, you know, but it, 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 the, the assumption. I mean, because they have you know or for, for or something right, right what are the alternatives yeah yeah I don't know so it is interesting the way the Kmart is framing it you know but clearly that sense of that you don't know that you're going to get mom the next day or you don't have something to be confident about you know is clearly the, the, what's going on in the psukim okay now this is a fascinating talk about that being a subtle shift from the pasuk. Here's a more radical shift from the pasuk. You know why it came down on a daily basis? Because it should be fresh baked bread. It shouldn't be stale. Now, of course, it could have been a miracle. It could have been fresh. It could have tasted fresh. You know, even six months later. But again, that goes to the experiential reality. That sense of bre- you know bread delivered in the morning, freshly baked bread. So now we're back to it just being such an amazing experience. Taking away from that focus on what it meant in terms of the religion just mindset. Dabar <laughs> khair. Well that's true. Dabar khair they wouldn't have to schlep twenty pounds of bread with them throughout the year. So the next explanation is like, why did we? What, what good was the davarach It was so much better. The first explanation. I mean, this is just saying, yeah, look how wondrous it was, uh, but it doesn't get to the spiritual message, that seems to be the point. Okay, the cry every the Taman. Fascinating. Sometimes you have like this idea: of, you know they were they were and they were talking about something. Yeah, they were sitting down. And they were talking about Man, Parsha Saman, Vaya Rebeliazer Modai Yoshabin, and Rebbe Yazim Modai was among them. Nina Rebeliazer Modai's Ramas. Rebel Modoy spoke of and said, Man, Shayodham Lisrao gavor Shishim Amar. Again, we're back to like wonder stories. Like the you know, pearls would come down with it, diamonds. Now we're saying it was sixty amas tall, it fell down so much that it was like, you know, 100 feet tall. Anulah Rabbi Tarfan, so Rabbi Tarfan said, M'odai and Matayatana Gavarimu may be. How long are you going to be sort of piling up things? Again, piling up Zaman, piling up words, and bringing it to us. So, meaning, where the heck did you get this idea from? I'm Allah. So he said back, Rabbi, I get again from Apostle, by the flood, it says fifteen amot above the waters. You know uh, were uh, uh, powerful. Um, you, you know were mighty. Vayichasu harim and they covered the mountains. So, which fifteen amos measured from where? The key chamisha asrei amos is it fifteen amos high? You know off of the valley floor, or is it chamisha asrei or from the lowlands, or chamisha asrei Was it fifteen amot? You know off of the mountains, fifteen amos higher than what? What was your level? So have, sure, sure. I mean, let's say it was all 15 almost higher than the valley you know off of off the valley for and 15 almost off of the mountain floor what is it going to like fall in layers like you know <laughs> wherever you go with 15 i higher than wherever your ground level is how would the boat float if the water was different heights in different places? All of the, uh, you know, all of the well of the great depths opened up. Quoting the pasuk, until first of all, the first thing was that the water level was. Top leveled off to the top of all the mountains. The Hadar once it reached the top of the mountains, Sremi Then another fifty namos higher than the top of the mountains. Okay. Now, why we're saying that is not clear, because at the end of the day, we're only going to focus on the fifteen amotes So this really seems like a digression about whether it's 15, where it was fifteen amos measured from. Because if you think about it, the point he's making now is it was a lot more than fifteen amotes of water, right? It was the height of mountains plus fifteen 15amotes. You know, so it was going to be a thousand amos. But in the end, we're dropping all of that. And we're just focusing on the fifteen. Well, it's easy Maybe, maybe, maybe. meruba, Which way? What, what? You know what's greater? God's kindness. God's the, the, when He pays back good deeds, or when He, or when he, you know, or when He does, or when He pays, or when He punishes. Have you We know the good. You know the, 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 the rewarding. Why do we know it? The Rashi quotes the famous midrash because it says when it says that God is you know keeps the sin. He says you know um, uh, you know four generations when it says God remembers the good he says he says you know um, uh, what is it Uh, right to uh, two thousand generations so you see how much greater the good paying back the good is than paying back punishment so now what does it say by the punishment the uh, what do you call it the um, um, skylights the windows of heavens opened up and by the mon, what does it say? God commanded the heavens above and the doors of the heaven opened. So by the way, it is you know, interesting seeing that parallel image, opening the, the windows to pour down the rain, opening the doors to pour down the mon. And here's even the, the verb of rain. He caused the mon to rain down upon them to eat. And he gave them the, the, the uh, grain of heavens so, now we have a comparison of door to windows. Kama arubot how many windows, like panes can you have in a door? I suppose that, you know, you could have like a door divided into quarters, you know, and you have little like, you know, windows in the doors. So how many doors do you have per, per, win, per, per windows per door? Arba, four. Arba, so, Arba, harekan shmona, so, so four times the two doors is eight. So it was, you know, arubot hashamayim niftahu, but then there were two doors which are eight. So, but of course there were two arubot, arubot ha So it's two windows were opened, but two doors... So two doors is eight is eight windows, so it's four times as much. So the uh, so four times fifteen. If there was fifteen amot of rain, there were sixty amos of man. All right. So that was a very complicated thing. And again, why it had to be fifteen amot above the above the above the, above the uh, mountains, I don't know. Tanya, Izimen Yudomir manchiyot lemal Yisrael ha'yemitzkaber at So at least this is not just a number. This is a more visual image. It went so high that all of the kids of the east and the west could see it meaning so it was visible around the world God, you have laid for me a table opposite my my enemies, says David. So that means my enemies, the opposing kings, those are David's, you know, you know, sort of the Nemesis, the, the, the ones at David's level, you know, he so would be other kings, and they see that God has laid the table. It's it's neged, it's in front of them. So what table does God lay? God laid the table of mun, and everybody else could see it. Kosi Rivaya so, um, So, since it says, my coast is overflowing, um, so, or sated, so what does that mean? So he's saying, the coast of David, for in the world to come, notice how we jumped back of this Pasas. On the one hand, we was talking about the Mon, in the time of the Midbar, now we're talking about, you know, Asid Lavo. So this whole, is it a future vision? Is it a past vision? Anyway, so the coast of David and Malach will be 200 and, and 21 log. Sheneh kosi Sheneh Rivaya. And Rivaya. We're back to Gematria. So Rivaya. Rish is 200. Vav, Vav and He is 11. Yud is another 10. 221 log. So, okay. Anyway, so you see that there are others that say the idea that the Mun was so high. So, Hachia So I says, no It's not similar. Hafsam verbaim yomin there by the rain jumping over this whole Tavroch Lefana shofan. there by the rain by the flood it rained for 40 days here it only the month only came down in one moment so even if it was coming down at a greater pace you know it takes time for the snow to accumulate it takes time for the month to accumulate so it might have fallen down at a quicker pace but it was not over 40 days so it did not get that high not only that there it was it was for the whole world it rained here it was just for the Jewish people so Maybe it was not the same, you know, enormity of it. And, um, there, uh, uh, and there also would be a lot left over. You know, what do you need all that man for? Um, okay, so the Gemara says, Yes, you could make those distinctions, but nevertheless, Rabbi Eliezer says, in one sentence it says, and it says, and he wants to learn that they were equal, and therefore he wants to learn that there were 60 Amos worth of man. Well, like okay. a uh, man cast, like a weather forecast therefore. Yeah, right, exactly. I'm sorry, I just got to digress. That reminds me of uh, Steve Martin in LA Story, Did you see that movie. Uh, so he's like the weatherman for LA. So every day for LA, it's like 72 degrees. <laughs> so it says 72 degrees, 72 degrees, 72 degrees. It's a whole week, 72 degrees. <laughs> I like, what? Yeah. The weatherman was part of a larger union. yeah So right every day you could predict mon and you'd be right okay anyway all right now so that was a whole nice long discussion about the mon. Um, again, what I do find interesting because I tried you know to tease out and here and there the Gemara you know, would be explicit about some of the religious points you know particularly that sense of dependency on God, the point that we just made but you know there's other these discussions where they're just basically like wonder stories about how amazing. The is, you know, and there's some places where the Gemara, you know, seems to be even talking about, you know, there's almost a sense of, of like, you know, getting into the physical experience of, the, you know, you had, Rabbi, you had Rabbi Akiva who said, you know, it was miraculous food, spiritual sustenance. Anyway, it's interesting because it's not all an explicit message about how to make your eating religious. Right, there's you know there's elements of that, but that's not all that it is. And it's, again, I just think it's fascinating in its position here in Yoma, which is about how fasting is obviously a religious experience. It's not as much of a parallel as I'm saying as I would have hoped for. You know, there's a lot of discussion of eating, but it's not all clear how to frame it all as saying you know how we're going to make you know how eating can also be a religious experience. There are elements of it, but a lot of it is other things as well. All right, and now we return to the uh, halakhic aspects of Yom Kippur. Let's take a look at a fasting. So, I, 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 I
1: think that it
0: was very spiritual, very spiritual. It was, but I'm just saying not all parts of that discussion, yes, it's about right? All the things that go into what make a person feel satiated. Yes, that I think was a very, you know, a repeating theme which is very powerful, right? It's not just the way it tastes, it's the way it looks, it's the way it's its texture, it's the way it's presented, it's its appearance, right? All of those things, yes, were very much did talk to the reality of the, you know, eating experience and the power, and you should eat with, you know, in, in the light and not in the dark. So, you know, it did talk about the experience of eating, that it did. But exactly framing, okay, that's all very interesting. What does that say about eating? as a religious experience. You know, that requires a lot more connecting of dots than the Gemara. I mean, in one, one or two places it did it, but did not do it in all those places. Um, you know, and even if you think about the story, oh, well, with the man would come perfume. With the man would come pearls and diamonds you know there was parts of it were just like wonder stories which was like okay and what's other than saying how amazing it was and how we're not at that madrega, you know what's the sort of point of that I mean the point is to say look at how amazing it was when you were connected to God and you had all of this you know directly provided for you alright me. so now what can you not do in Yom Kippur you can't eat or drink that's two you also can't what anoint yourself bathe Sex and shoes. So that's four more. So it's interesting, though. The Gemara starts by calling it five. Okay, so it knows that there's a number five that it's going to get to. Where do you get these five inuim? So can I get It says five times you should anew you should afflict yourselves. So basically the various places in Pinchas and Emor and in Ach where it speaks about Yom Kippur if you go and count it up you will see that it mentions five times you should afflict yourself actually Tosos points out ironically well I'll just get another line so the G'mar says what do you mean the missions is six eating and drinking plus four more so again it's pretty funny we said where do we you know we start with five we quote five now how about six so this actually points out that there actually is a six Pasuk it says okay but that is that mentions afflicting but it says what if you, do, if you don't do it here's your punishment but only five times does it command that you should that you should afflict so five times it commands afflicting and the G'mar says but our mission says six Fixed. Okay, so no, so right, eating, drinking, again, that's two, and then you have bathing, anointing, sex, and uh, shoes. That's four more. So what do you mean five? So a No, food and eat, eating and drinking count as one. Drinking is like eating, meaning it's more like consumption. Various forms of consumption. Now not totally because you remember the Mishnah said that eating and drinking don't combine. They have different quantities. And if you eat and drink, uh, you know, you know, um, 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 you know, uh, if you eat the quantity minus Epsilon and drink the quantity minus Epsilon you still haven't transgressed. They, they, they don't combine. Nevertheless, in this counting of, of, of five or six we count them as one thing, as consumption. How do you know drinking is included in the concept of eating, of consuming? the master of your grain, of your wine, and of your oil. Okay, so Tiroch, now oil you could say is eating because you dip stuff in oil. But wine, Tiroch Chamrehu. Tiroch is wine. The Karilei Vachalten. It says eat it. So you see, you can use the word eating to refer to drinking mimai how do you know that maybe they ate the wine through anigron which is some type of a food that was seeped in wine like some type of a boiled vegetables that was seeped with wine so you're, it's part of the food it's a sauce of a food and it's an act of eating anigron is the water of beets of boiled beets with wine mixed in or something anachsigron is some type of a water of other cooked vegetables, so maybe it's some wine in a as a as, as a sauce as some type of a dish. From the following pasta. This is the money of Ma'aser You should apply the money with all that your soul desires. But you know, uh, uh, cattle and sheep and wine and 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 uh, mead. So wine you've already got around. You say wine could be a type of uh, of dip, but but that's a drink. You know, it's beer. It's mead. It says because the end of the pasuk is you know what's the pasuk? I think is the end of the Pasuk. so anyway all of these things it ends by saying and you shall eat so eating is and it's applying that verb to Sheikha so says how do you know that maybe year two whatever it was the beer the mead you put it in some type of a sauce and it was some type of a dish no sheikha if you use it the word sheikhar, it means means that it has the power to intoxicate and you don't get uh, drunk by eating some type of thing that has a little alcohol mixed up I mean of course it does you know it does shouldn't really matter if you, drink, if you eat enough of it you know depending on how much alcohol is in your food but that drunk is something that you're going to be imbibing and you know drinking in serious quantities, that's going to lead to you getting drunk. So if it says sheikha, it must mean in its liquid form. So the Ma'a says one minute, maybe it is a type of a, uh, these uh, um, pressed states of ki'ilit that somehow had the uh, power to intoxicate. that somehow had the power to intoxicate. If you ate this uh, these uh, dates of ki' or you you drank honey to khalab or milk and milk to Nikhas Lamikta and you were entering into the basement. It uh, Hayav or some say low You you uh, transgress for entering in drunk. The understanding was that these things would make you drunk, and they were included in when it says yayin v'shechar. I'll taste. Don't drink wine in shechar. That shechar would be anything that made you intoxicated. So maybe shechar is not limited to a uh, type of a beer or a mead that makes you drunk. Maybe there are foods that make you drunk, and maybe it's still. It's, that's why it's called achila, and it's and it's and it's, and achila. That verb does not apply to uh, drink. Elefine yoli shechah shechah mi nazir. I'll tell you how we know shechah in that verse where it says "don't eat" means means real uh, beer or mead because if that's what it means by nazir. Malah an yayin afkan yayin because there by the nazir right it says uh, it says right uh, uh, what did it say yayin v'shechah uh, no kamishrat an avim ro yisteh the no, there's somewhere it says Does Rashi quote it? I don't. I can't remember the Pesach off the top of my head. Okay, if Michael was here, he would look it up. Anyway, by the Nazir, it mentions that the Nazir should not drink yayin or sheichar. Okay, so there clearly sheichar, it's used with the verb drink. So it means something you drink. And therefore, and there the juxtaposition of Sheikhar and yayin is yayin is in its natural form. And you're drinking it. It's not in some type of a food. So malahalan yayin, the same way the sheichar by the Nazir means is... Wine, or is connected to wine, akan yayin. Here too, when it says, you know, when it says, uh, thank you very much. So, anyway, so here too, when it says, so it means in its liquid form, and it means actual actual drinking wine and nevertheless it refers to it as eating. Okay, so the Gemara says, one minute, you really mean to tell me Tiroch means wine? Because again, we now are assuming that the verse that says, right, what was the verse? that Tirosh means wine and as we've now asserted it means wine in its sort of liquid form, you know, as a drink. But is this really true? Your assumption that Tiroch means wine? that time we taught in the up if somebody takes a vow against eating tirosh that refers to any sweet things meaning like sweet fruits but you can drink wine so clearly tirosh does not mean wine tirosh means like uh, sweet you know sweet fruits so, the so verse says, Valabhama. What, you think Tirosh doesn't mean wine? The verse says, The wine will sort of flow forth from uh, 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 from virgins. Now, what does that mean? Does it mean the virgin soil? Does it mean, um, Rocky says it means that it will sort of like cause you to like, you know, cause secrets to come out, cause, you know, things that are like uh, private and closed to flow forth. But anyway, it seems that we're talking not about fruit, but about wine and the power of wine. Um, so no, sevrabba mina kilos. Tilosh literally, we're asserting, doesn't mean wine. It means sweet fruit. So, but this verse, it means things that come from the sweet fruit. So it means wine derivatively, but primarily it means sweet fruit. Here it means things that come from it. Okay. Um, so the Gemara says, one minute. Uh, but the verse says the tirosh of your wine presses will burst forth so clearly tirosh means wine a wine press a wine vat I should say no tirosh itself means the fruit here it means the stuff that comes out of the tirosh again if it means tirosh means the stuff that comes out of the tirosh at the end of the day it's going to mean wine anyway okay so that will cause your wine vats to burst forth but the verse says, "V'nus For an occasion, wine and tirosh will take away the heart. Will like lead you astray fine you're right tirosh means wine now again I don't know why this verse more than anything else persuaded them say so here tirosh means something that comes from tirosh anyway finally it admits it concedes that tirosh means wine so what about this idea of taking a vow fine people nowadays if you want to say wine you say yayin and if you say tirosh you mean you mean sweet fruit in the time of the Torah though tirosh at the biblical sense that means wine I concede the point okay now that we're talking about the words that are used to describe wine so we're going to talk about that for a bit why is it called yayin what does the word signify if it has two words if t in the biblical sense means wine only later it got a different meaning why are there two biblical terms for it what does each one mean so, yayin, shamevi, yulala, olam. So, now, again, we're going back to the power of food, and perhaps the things you have to be, now it's more of, I think, a, a clearly sort of religious message, you know, more of the things that you have to be aware of when you're engaging in consumption. So, what wine can bring, can bring moaning to the world, wailing. It can lead people to go astray and to do terrible things, and so on. So, Rashi says the idea of yulala is because it's a ta'aniyya, the, you know the word taniya means like moaning so okay. that that's a statement that identifies the Hadad and godaded as being given that's a good point too that so y- consistent y- with Yulal-olam, that's a good point right and that that's that's a good point that it can connect to that idea of that the first you know thing that adam or certainly by noah you get the wine you know already early in the stage of world history Tirosh, how about rush. Same type of message. Anybody that is like, uh, you know, competes with it, or meaning, you know, indulges himself with it, will become poor. You know, you'll feed your habit, you'll lose your job. So again, from the word rush, okay? So the mitkare is probably the tet and the race out of it, or whatever, I don't know. Anyway, Rav Kahana Rav, Ksiv Chirosh, the in and Tirosh or Tirosh, it's written without the vav. I don't know where it's written without the vav, and we read it Tirosh. So you have the Rosh and the Roche, the Nasarosh if you're able to drink your wine in moderation, please drink responsibly, then you can become ahead. then it's good, it helps you socialize, and, you know, maybe it even, you know, puts you in a better frame of mind, if you can be responsible about it, it's good. Rozocha, if you're not married, you're not responsible, not it'll impoverish you. Okay, so not, it's not all bad. Okay, there's, you know, wine in in moderation can be good. rava. that's what Rava, one verse says, Yismach, wine will bring joy to Levavanosh <speaking> Yain Yismach levavanos, the <Hebrew> Karinan Yishmach. And you could meet it with a shin. Okay, what does that mean? Zacha misamcho. If you merit, if you do it in moderation and properly, it'll bring joy. Lo zacha mishamemo. So like yishma, or Yishmach. It'll lead to shmamon. It'll lead to desolation and destruction. So Haim Rava, and that's what Rava says, You know, wine and uh, aromatic spices, fragrances, have made me smart. Like, you know, they, they were good, they put me in a good frame of mind and they helped me... You you know they they actually helped my uh, my studies and help you know and help you know and help me um in my sort of you know have a clear mind Okay, so that's the end of that little thing. So this is actually quite fascinating. This actually is more of a whole discussion about you know food and you know moral or religious responsibility around food that sometimes you know it could be a double edged sword. It could be a very positive, but you could overindulge and it could lead to very negative, Particularly something like wine, you know, which has which is intoxicating and can be you know addictive and so on. It looks like you want to say something. Yeah. Though. Well, it's interesting that they use the word on, on Right. So uh huh. So, oh, that's so interesting, right? Because Zacha means like would more suggest like you know, right? Something not either because of your deeds, you know, because you're a tzaddik or Russia, So, or but certainly not something that's about sort of your choice. And you know, I translate it as if you do it in moderation. So that's interesting. Well, not, so you're not everybody who over indulges in wine. Right, exactly. And not everybody that's born with addictive tendencies becomes alcoholic either, but you're right, there's an element of a zucha and low zucha there in terms of right a predisposition. That's a very good point. Okay, so now the comment says like this. Fine. Um, so we said that was a little interesting, connected digression. But we now said that achil and in our list, we have this idea of five vinuyim. We're counting achil and shtiya as one. It's one plus four. Achil and we know that's biblical, that's kares and so on, plus an extra four. Okay, and we're counting achil and shtiya as one because they are one unique, one sort of unified category. Although halachically, as I said, eating and drinking don't combine now. I want to alert you to something, which maybe I'll make a mention because I won't be here tomorrow, that it learned it all from a pasuk. It's learning it like it's a real drush and like it's a real diorisa. And this is going to be the question whether the inuyim are biblical or rabbinic. Okay? What? Because, you know, if Achil and Shia is the one where we're saying that's the verse that you transgress the law, you get kare's, that's what the psukim are talking about. But through these, uh, you know, multiple times it says that we include other things, is that also biblical, but of a different level? Or is that just nasmachta? So keep that in mind. Let's read a little bit more so the Gemara says like this if you want to include bathing and anointing in the verse of tianu, afflicting where do you get that these things are called afflictions not doing them the verse says, "By Daniel, I did not eat, eat bread of desire. in loba and no wine and meat came into my mouth. Meaning he wasn't fasting, but he was, you know, being, a, you know, abstaining from indulgence. and I did not anoint myself." So, my lechem chamudot What does it mean, bread of, of uh, desire? I did not eat. Even bread of like clean wheat, of you know, of like fi- fine wheat. I didn't eat. Not only like I didn't eat stuff like with butter and you know, made up and all, you know, things, even just like clean white bread, I didn't eat. I was very, very much on a subsistence diet. Okay, Enoi. Fine, that was a digression. Now how do you know that this fact that he withheld himself from these things is described as Enoi and including the anointing? because the verse says and said to me do not fear Daniel from the day that you have given your heart to understand and to to fast or to afflict yourself before your God your words have been heard and I came you know as a result of your words this was the you know the vision that happened to that occurred to Daniel afterwards so he describes what happened as okay now maybe the was because he didn't eat the bread or, the, uh, or have the meat and the wine. But presumably, no, that's not enough for enoi. For enoi regarding food, you have to completely abstain. So, the hita note is referring to either the totality of it, which part of it is the not anointing, or maybe even specifically to the anointing. And that's how we know that abstaining from anointing is a type of inuit. By the way, I think it's hard for us to always understand what's this big deal with anointing. I mean, who, you know, who, like, you know, but first of all, we do have all of these things, you know, all these lotions that we put on, which is essentially our modern version. That was the point of keeping, you know, the moisture and keeping their system moisturized. Um, So, that's number one. And number two is, I think I. Bad, but I might be misremembering. You know, if you have, uh, because I don't know if this, because I think they did a lot of oil stuff in Roman and times it, as it, well. And that's the way they, They instead of soap, they would like? put oil and then they would scrape it off. Ah. It was an implement. If you go into the Mirchat Sa'ot that archaeologists have okay. reconstructed, they actually have found these implements. They would put oil, hot oil, on their uh-huh. body and that would like, like loosen so up the dirt. the dirt and uh, scrape, scrape it off right so up. thank you right and i think that's the see- so that, that, that so you. thank you it is also just straight for moisturizing purposes but yes it is very much connected to cleansing and, exactly, and so, right yeah. use, right okay or, or, uh, <laughs> in some places, that's certainly true. Yeah. California, they give you a free bottle of wine in the room. So, why don't you take <laughs> There you go. Ashkanzicha. That's anointing. Lachitza And How about bathing? Amar Rav Zutra b'Reid Rav Tuvia Merkaz. The verse says, "Vatavo k'mayin b'khirbo kishemen da'atz motav." And it came like water into his, you know, into in, you know, into in, inside of him, and like oil in his bones so the same way oil on your bones you get oil by rubbing the oil in so presumably it's being compared to water that's being you're bathing yourself with water of course you could say it means drinking water which is what the Gemara is going to suggest but at this read it is the bathing with water is being parallel to the rubbing of the oil into your skin how did you see the Sicha from the earlier passage it says the Sochlosachti he says I did not I did not anoint myself I did not rub I did not rub oil onto myself that's in the verse Ah, okay. I maybe it means that the that maybe the Mayan that is drinking, it's comparing o- oil, putting oil on your skin to drinking water. No, do me a disheem it's comparable to the reality of the oil. Ma sheem and the same way the oil is applied topically on the outside of my We're talking about water applied topically, so we're comparing the oil with the with the bathing. And again, as Doe pointed out, you know it was made very much a part of the bathing process. Well, one minute. We have a tana who learns the verse the other way, that learns that the mayim in Bekirbo refers to drinking, and the point of the verse is to tell you an opposite teaching, or not opposite, but a different teaching. As opposed to what we said, that we located Sicha in the verse by Daniel about fasting, here a Brita says, how do you know Sicha is like drinking on Yom Kippur? okay although there's no proof there's a hint it's like water inside of you and, and oil in your bones so as a, rather than telling you that water bathing is like, is like rubbing oil in it says the opposite rubbing oil in your skin is like drinking and it's comparing oil to drinking so the same way you can't drink you can't rub oil in your skin, and yeah, that's the source. That. So yeah. that's another source for Sicha, but now we don't know how you know Rechitza. El Amar Shmiele. You can infer it from the verse. Dixiv Vesoch sachti, And I did not anoint myself, meaning the double language. He doesn't just say Velo The double language includes things that are all part of that whole process, so, as again, we just said, the oil, rubbing it in, is part of the bathing and cleansing process, and the double language includes bathing. Now, I, I'm going to stop here and say two things before we finish, because I want to use the extra one minute, two minutes to say something, which is, number one, so saying that anointing is like drinking, again, makes the anointing much more serious. It's not just an additional enoy; it's a quasi-drinking. It's a way of getting liquids into your body atopically you're drinking it, which puts a lot of weight on the problem of the oil, maybe even more than the other Inuyim. it certainly could suggest the idea that this is Del Raita, included right. in the shi and so on. So this is a major debate of the Rishonim. Some Rishonim say, yes, it's Dil Raita. Not so much because of Sicha Tishtia. There's a whole discussion, when do we say Sicha Tishtia? I mean, normally, if you're like, you're not allowed to, you know, drink, a, a Nazir can't drink wine. If he rubs wine on his skin, he hasn't transgressed. You know, you're not allowed to drink, uh, I don't know, Chelev. If you rub chilev on your skin, you haven't transgressed. Basically, we don't say Sikha kishkia. We only say Sikha kishkia when there's a problem of deriving benefit or there's a problem of inoy, of trying to afflict yourself. Then we have broader definitions. So number one is sicha kishkia is a much more limited category. Don't think anytime you can't drink, it means you can't put, put it atopically. It's really limited to cases about hanan, cases about affliction, number one. But number two is given all this discussion, sicha kishkia the verse and... Enoi, Enoi, is it Doraisa or is it not is a major debate of Rishonim. Some say it is. town's not taking it seriously. Others say no. The very fact that we could say, for example, a king could wash his face, a collar could wash her face, if you've got some scabs on, you could put oil on, whatever, that we give allowances shows that it's all rabbinic others respond back and say, no, no, no. The, you know, maybe the Torah gave a lot of latitude to the rabbis to define the parameters, but at the end of the day, because knew is a very abstract word, so the rabbis could define the parameters, but at the end of the day, whatever parameters the rabbis define, that is included, that's part of a biblical Fulfillment of or a mandate of this idea of Inuit. So there is this very fascinating debate, which we're beginning to see, you know, where the idea could come that it's still right. So I'll read you one line in a, uh, the next Tosus, and I'm Zainab which I'm allowed to read because it, it's, it's on the previous stop If you see Min Lusiy Kish so if you look in the middle of that Tosvos, he says, um, yeah, it's, the line starts with Ochel Tevel de Bemisa. Like you see where the line has a Gimel Amud Bet and a half of a, a half of a half of a parentheses there in this Tosos non about fifteen lines down. The line begins with like a Gimel Amud Bet, right? So go two lines below, three lines two, uh, three lines below that he says the Kol the Yom Kippurim, the line starting with the word Yom Kippurim, all we knew less than a lemit rabbanan. They're just rabbinic. The cry of machta be and the the verses in a machta levar miachil levestiya. Obviously, except for eating and drinking. How do you know it? Da'amar lekaman v'im hayam eluch lach petitu b'tzawet. You were dirty with like you know dung or whatever. Rochei kedar kol inekoshish. You're allowed to clean it off. You chatatim scabs in your head You get it off with some oil so how could we allow it if it was biblical so therefore he says it must be for all rabbinic this is one approach the other approach as I said says no it's biblical but the rabbis have some latitude to, to, to define what are its parameters by the way and this is the last thing, point I'll make regarding this issue you don't even have to say it's an exception you could say the type chai- and this is an important question to be thinking of as we continue the, it's not that rechitzah is absolutely forbidden it's rechitzah that is a that is categorized as a type of a pleasurable rechitzah sikha that is seen as pleasurable if you're doing a rechitzah to get away dirt or you're doing a sikha to get away something you'd like for for more you know, you know for medicinal purposes or to remove some abs- something that's not That's not Tanug, that's not pleasure, right? That's that's doing some other purpose. So there is a way to explain some of this that it is biblical, and even without saying that the rabbis are allowed to make exceptions within the parameters of the biblical, it's more definitional. What type of rechitz is forbidden? What type of sicha is forbidden? Maybe only a rechitz and a sicha that brings pleasure, not a rechitz and a sicha that gets rid of dirt or that gets rid of some irritant. So okay, so that is a very important question to be thinking about when we deal with the exceptions, about A, do we frame it as an exception or definitional, and B, <coughs> this question of biblical or ridiculous. So are you yes. about the relevance of